he, he was right. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, man, I'm, I'm honestly just really messed up this morning. Because I, I'm, I'm, for one, so grateful for Steve and um, having the boys in town such a blessing and then to be able to have all of them up here and me just like you know being able to worship and just do my thing um so I'm 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 feeling very nice this morning and uh Jeremy had asked me he said how you feeling brother and I said I feel full um and so I'm I'm excited to just share I'm gonna pull a West Springer I'm gonna share my heart with you this morning and um it's funny because I was telling Jeremy, I think this happened last time I shared on Wednesday, is I spent a lot of time in preparation and getting ready and like wrestling over what I was supposed to, to talk about. And I, I landed on something and like the day before, it was like the Lord said, hey, there's something else I would like you to share. And the same thing happened this time, you know, I uh, about two weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to get ready early, and I'm going to prepare, and I'm going to read, and I'm going to put all these awesome thoughts together. And then on Friday night, um, you know, the Lord had a, a better idea. And more than likely, it's just I didn't hear him. I wasn't listening. I was too busy formulating my own plan. It's probably what happened. Um, but i am I'm really been feeling recently, and it's really what the Lord's just been doing in my heart, is he's been showing me how he's, he's very interested in our story and creating a storyline with our life. There's a purpose that he has in every season and in every situation that we walk through. And um, he's been convicting me a lot. <laughs> uh, just about the simple things, about being the same person that I am at home, that, uh, that I am on this stage or when I'm around you guys on a Sunday morning having a conversation. And uh, that's kind of the, the hard thing, right? You know, the faithfulness over the years. And, you know, it's easy to have a smile on our face and bear the fruit of the Spirit on a Sunday afternoon when you're in a pool with a really, like an ice cold Topo Chico, you know what I'm saying? It's really easy to have like the joy of the Lord when, when you're doing that. But when you haven't slept very much, let's say for like, you know, two or three months after you've had a new baby and the baby isn't sleeping and you're hungry and you're tired and the, the, the slightest little thing happens, it's those moments where you really like find out what's in the deep those deep, dark caverns, you know, that you don't really think about, the stuff that you don't worry about. And, um, and, and those are the things that kind of signify like where you're, you're, you're picking up your life from, where you're drawing your life source from. Um, but I wanted to share a, a, a little bit of my story this morning. Uh, I actually grew up in a town not far from where Jeremy and his family grew up in Clanton, but it's just a little further into the middle of like nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Clanton was like town and we went to, we drove to a town called Maplesville because they had a Walmart that had a McDonald's in it. And that was like, you know, if we did that, you were like going to town. We're going to go get lunch and getting groceries and all of that stuff. I grew up, uh, in a town called Stanton and we had, we had a yellow flashing light. 
And that was right in front of the church that my dad pastored. And um, our post office was half of a uh, mobile home. It was like, if a mobile home was like cut in half, that was our, our post office. Just to give you an idea of, of what it was like, it was, it was really backwoods and our, our church backed up to the Talladega National Forest. And I grew up, man, my, my parents are absolutely incredible. My mom spoke not too long ago and, and I'm super grateful for them. And they, they were the most loving and the most kind and the most patient parents. And um, I can't talk about them very long without getting emotional. Um, and my dad was a pastor. And you know, our family, we were just, we were just walking in the light that we had, you know. We didn't, we were, we were walking in um, a lot of religion and, and it was a holiness, cessationist atmosphere. So if you could think about a lot of rules and really no belief in the supernatural, <laughs> not, not a lot of reasons to have much joy, you know what I mean? Um, but I do remember it was, you know, our church was small and, and it was predominantly um, a, a, an older congregation, but I remember maybe I was five, four or five. I know I could walk at this time, but I remember my, my parents, they would have every once in a while, they would have prayer meetings on a Friday night. And, um, the only kids were me and my sisters. (laughs) So we just kind of played, we played in the nursery. And so if you could visualize it with me, it was a room like this. And in the back, there were these two really, really large folding doors that went into the foyer. And then directly behind that was the door to the nursery. And my parents would, you know, start the prayer meeting and they would leave those doors open and they would leave the nursery door open so they could kind of see, you know, make sure we weren't breaking anything. I would imagine probably, probably why, but you know, these days when we have a prayer meeting, we, we've, we usually have like some music going in the background. We have something to set the mood, set the tone. We got the pads playing in the background, you know, and uh, so a little bit of reverb on the voice, on the microphone to make, thing, make sure that things, you know, are really comfortable for us. But that wasn't really the case, you know, in, in this church. We had like one microphone and there was nothing else, just one mic and that was for the, the pastor and then there was a, a piano. But when they would have these prayer meetings, there was no music at all. There was nothing. It was just, they walked in and they started praying. And I remember, and the Holy Spirit reminded me of this recently, is I remember one Friday night, I was playing in the nursery and all of a sudden, like, I just heard them praying. (laughs) And I felt warmth like over my body and I felt comfort. I felt power. And, um, and of course then it's like, then you're looking at the carpet and wondering, I wonder how they make that carpet pink, you know? (laughs) And I, and, uh, so the Holy Spirit reminded me of that recently. I was like, thank you, Lord. (laughs) And I think, you know, we all have, past hurt and past disappointment. Maybe it's with a church or a group of people, but I promise you there's good there. There's something, there's something really amazing that the Lord can remind you of. So moving on from that, as a kid, I feel like I didn't, 
I didn't have a problem with church. I didn't have a, an issue with God. I just didn't really care. I didn't, I, you know, other than that experience and really me not, I didn't really know what that was at the time. It was just a feeling. I, I didn't really see, other than my parents, I didn't see it displayed. I didn't see a lot of life or excitement when it came to, to God and the gospel and walking with him. And, um, and so I, uh, we moved to, to Anniston, Oxford area, which is towards Atlanta, when I was nine years old. And uh, I made some neighborhood friends that weren't that great. But I still went to a private school. Um, and then in my, my junior year of high school, I went to public school and I got a lot of trouble. <laughs> because I'd never been to public school and it was just like, wow, that's just, this is all crazy, you know. And, and, and again, it wasn't that I was running from God. I didn't have a problem with God. I just hadn't met God. I didn't know what I didn't know. I just hadn't, I hadn't experienced him. And um, so my junior year of high school, I had went on a trip with my girlfriend at the time to Chicago. I had gotten back home and I was driving my, uh, my parents' minivan because I had already totaled three of the cars that I had owned at that time. I had totaled three cars before I was 18, and um, my parents let me drive their van. Can you believe that? Oh, they're crazy. <laughs> it just tells you how much grace they had for me. I was driving my parents' minivan, and I'm pretty sure I was listening to like Blink-182 or something. Like it was just, it was not Jesus music. There was nothing, like you, you just, I was not living for the Lord. But let me tell you, <laughs> I felt conviction, the Holy Spirit. I felt Holy Spirit and I felt conviction so strong. It was like, and this is why Blink-182 is blaring in the car, you know, but it hit me so hard. I almost lost my breath, you know, like it, it was so overwhelming. It's like, I was like, what is that? And I immediately start just, oh man, I started crying. And um, it's like God didn't say anything to me. I just knew. I was like, I didn't say a prayer. I just, I just said yes. I was just like, I don't, I don't even have the strength to say a prayer. I, but at the, by that time, I'd already pulled over to the side of the road, and I'm like wheezing. It's just the nastiest, ugliest cry you can ever imagine. I mean, it's just, it is not pretty, and it's usually not whenever I cry. My, my problem is whenever I start to cry, it's just like someone opens a floodgate door and there's no way to regulate it. It's just, and so I had this powerful encounter with the Lord. It was beautiful because it was, it wasn't in a church building. It wasn't within, it wasn't within the confines of what we would consider the normal altar call experience. It was just, man, God, God chased me down and, uh, and let me tell you, like, I, I know that we have a choice. We all have a choice. We can reject him. We can reject him. But let me tell you, his love is so powerful. He's really hard to turn down. <laughs> and a lot of people think that, and they get discouraged whenever they stumble after they get saved. But a lot of times it, that they, they, they're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. 
you know, and they misinterpret that as, as this feeling of condemnation. That's just, that's just proof that God changed your heart. Otherwise you would be going on doing the same thing and not really feeling any different about it. But you can't do that. Once you meet Jesus, you can't. It's like he's a magnet that continues to pull you back. Even when you try to run, it's like he keeps pulling you and he keeps chasing you down. Oh, I need to look at my my notes here. (laughs) So that was my my junior year of high school. Uh, That was my senior year of high school. So I went to public school. I I'd, I'd went back to private school and that was in May of my senior year of high school. I graduated and about a month later, my younger sister, she was working at Chick-fil-A and um, she was like, there's this girl that works at Chick-fil-A and she goes to this church where they have drums and, uh, and they're having a comedian come to their church and... Uh, I think she listens to that Christian, you know, rock music or whatever that you listen to. I think you would get along with her. And so, and I I thought it was amazing. Like I said, up until this point, I'd never been to a church that had drums in it. We had an organ and we had a a piano and uh, I loved music. And so I was was really excited about that. And then the fact that there was going to be a comedian there, I was like, this is really different. Sounds exciting. I'll go, you know. I went, it was really amazing. And then a week later, they invited me back and they said that a prophet was gonna be there. <laughs> and we didn't believe that prophets, prophets existed anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> in my mind, I was thinking, hey, which one did they raise from the dead? You know, who's gonna come back? Um, and you know, my friends at the time, they were still young and they were, they were kind of hard on me. We were eat, eating uh, dinner before beforehand and uh, my buddy was like, yeah, he." He knows everything about you and he's, he'll call you out and tell everyone what's it, you know, he'll call you out and tell you the sin in your life and all this stuff. I was so scared. I was so nervous, but I was also like, I was feeling that new creation, you know, that second Corinthians five new creation. I felt new and I was so hungry and I was, man, I was, I was even willing to, you know, go somewhere where I would probably be really uncomfortable. And I was right. I was, I was very uncomfortable. The, the guy that was there that night spoke, you know, who's saying, you know, that we, we become accustomed to a certain language, you know, and I was, I was accustomed to a certain type of language when people preached and uh, he just said a lot of words that were weird to me and I felt weird and it was just a weird situation. But I also felt the Holy Spirit And at the end, he gave an invitation. He said, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to raise your hand. And I was not going to raise my hand. I I was a little, uh, you know, I was feeling something, but I was also really nervous. And my friend that had made the joke earlier at dinner was the same person that grabbed my hand and stuck it in the air. (laughs) It's like the amazing and the worst friend, you know, scares you, but I'm actually going to push you towards the Lord. You know what I mean? Um... I was so hungry, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit so fast. And, um, and a lot of people, you know, talk about tongues and yeah, that's one, that is, that is one evidence, but there are so many evidences. Um, my life changed. <laughs> and 
I started looking like Jesus because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit doesn't just comfort us. He's not here just to make you feel good. He's here to make you look like Jesus. (laughs) So that was a very, very powerful encounter with the Lord. And at that time, my parents were still pastors of a church and um, did not believe in speaking in tongues and did not believe in the gifts and all of that. And so when I went home and I told my parents, they were not super excited. <laughs> oh, And we can all laugh about that now. We all do laugh about that. Uh, they, were not, they were not too happy. But I was super excited and I loved it. So I invited my younger sister and she started going to our church and she got filled with the Holy Spirit as well. And um, yeah, God just took over my life and he changed me and he started doing it to my family as well. It wasn't me. (laughs) It's just what God does. Like he is unstoppable. Um. I want to make sure I don't forget anything. Man, thank you guys for for listening and bearing with me during these moments. Yeah, so it wasn't long after that that uh, it was one, one night after youth group that uh, we went out to eat. Usually it was after we did this all the time. Uh, we would go, you know, to Sonic or... Wendy's and just sit down and God was doing something really, really amazing in, in that youth group. And, and honestly, we would just go talk about the Lord. We would go, <laughs> we'd go eat hamburgers and go eat ice cream and talk about the Lord. And, uh, this particular time we went to Sonic and there was another group that was seated. You know how they have the, the picnic tables outside that, uh, you know, if you stick your phone or your keys down, you might have to like pry them loose cause they're so sticky. Um, we, we, they were sitting, uh, at the picnic table next to us and this guy's look, just got a crazy look in his eye. He looks crazy. He looks like he's on drugs. He just looks like he is just not, he's just out of it. And he keeps smiling at me. He keeps looking at me and he keeps smiling at me and he comes over and he says, do you know Jesus? And, <laughs> and I was like, yes, I do. And uh, he introduced himself. His name was Byron Medellin. And he was, he was a wild, he is a wild man. He is, he's a little bit crazy. And, uh, and so me and Byron started, started going out on Friday nights. And he was like, yeah, a lot of people go to movies for fun on Friday nights, but we're going to share the gospel because that's what we do for fun. <laughs> and, um, and so we would just go to the mall, the Oxford mall, and, uh, and we would just walk around and just, he, if I could explain how he is, he, he would just have these cool one-liners. I always wish I could be like him. I could never say the cool things that he said. He would just get these cool one-liners and I would just kind of tag along and if I'm being honest, some of the things that he did and the way that he was, was, was kind of offensive to me. <laughs> like I said, I was still kind of new. I was still, I was just been baptized in the Holy Spirit a few months earlier. And, um, you know, it's, it's so crazy how quick we can get religious and kind of think, 
This is how God works. And we, you know, I had already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I already had had an idea of what that was going to look like and how he worked. And I'd already, I'd already begun to box God in, you know, but, but God brought Byron Manity into my life and, and, uh, yeah, he, he changed that and he gave me an opportunity to learn and to grow. And it's, it's basically a guarantee that, that God's going to offend you. And he's going to offend the way that you think. <laughs> he's going to offend the way that you do things because he's consistently calling us to a higher level and a higher place. David says that his depths are unsearchable. So, yes, we have these foundational things that we know about him and that we believe. But don't be surprised if he offends you. Don't be surprised if he doesn't agree with you. <laughs> You know, like, like I said, Holy Spirit's not here to agree with you and just coddle you and to make you feel comfortable. He's here to make you look like Jesus. And in the middle of that transformation, in the midst of that yielding and submitting your life to him over and over again, all of a sudden you do have, you find that fulfillment and you find that joy that you can only find in him. But a lot of people just expect him to just kind of come and, and just be with me where I'm at, meet my needs and, and that's, that's, not, that's not what God does. He's not here just to meet your preconceived ideas of, and your thoughts of like what you need. And a lot of times what we think that we need, we really don't need. You know, he's, he's really saving us. Well, it wasn't long after that, a few months after that, it was really kind of fast. I got saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I meet Byron. And then a few months later, there is a team that comes to uh, the church that I was at at the time, and uh, it's a ministry school, and there are students. That's where I met my beautiful wife, Brittany. I'm so grateful for her. She is amazing. I had married up, that's for sure. And uh, uh, I immediately felt that night that I was supposed to go. I was like, I'm supposed to do this, you know. My plans before that, I was going to work on a pit crew. I wanted to work on cars. I loved cars. Um, but God made it clear pretty quick that uh, he was calling me, and so I said yes, and go into ministry school. And um, during this time, my relationship with my parents was interesting. I think they had come to terms that I that I like was not demon possessed <laughs> because because I had a lot of joy. I was I was I, you know I was bearing fruit you know because the Lord was bearing fruit through me. I was I was abiding in Him and I was in this new place with the Lord. And so I think they were okay with it. And and, and slowly but surely they they just became a little bit more more open over time. While and and all of this time I'm here in Birmingham and uh, we're traveling and we're we're doing youth conferences and events with this ministry and this one particular night at a youth conference we had done worship and most of the leaders had, le had left I say that most of them all of them had left and it was literally just the worship team and this girl that had been running sound and uh, there's some ministry time music playing and all of a sudden this girl uh, starts to manifest and we don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, we're like, you know, praying and just, we don't know what to do. And so I texted my mom. I said, mom, please pray, pray for us right now. <laughs> and, uh, 
And at that time, at that moment, my mom was sitting in a KFC drive-thru ordering some chicken. And she got filled with the Holy Spirit. And she started speaking in tongues in a KFC drive-thru. <laughs> Oh, she didn't tell me that for a while, for, for a long time. And so I, I say that because it really is funny. Like God doesn't have to work within this little box that we create. Like he can do whatever he wants and he will meet you wherever you're at, obviously. Um, and so we, you know, even though we didn't really know what we were doing, that girl got set free. It was amazing. And, um, and not too long after that, my, my dad did not know that my mom had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but he was sitting in his office and, um, he had just become super hungry for the Lord as well. And just one day sitting in his office, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, um, I'm just really grateful. I'm really grateful for for God and how he sometimes gently, sometimes furiously pursues us. And how he's pursued my family over years. I only have like seven and a half, eight minutes left. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going somewhere, I promise. <laughs> um, okay, let's do this. Kind of already talked about that. Um, so, Brittany and I got married, and near near that time where we, you know, were engaged and kind of praying about what was next, we had finished school. And we had been traveling with that ministry for about a year. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to just move somewhere away, get away uh, from Alabama because we had traveled. And, you know, you go, to, you go to places, you experience different cultures and different things. And you just, uh, you, it's the shiny thing, you know, it's the shiny thing over there. Um, but the Lord started giving me dreams about my, my parents and their church, and they had gotten filled with the Holy Spirit, and so obviously things had changed. Um, uh, most everyone had just had left, and my, my parents didn't really care. They were just like, we're going to go after the Lord, and this is, what, this is something that we didn't know existed, and we're, we're, we're here. Um, and so the Lord made it clear to me, and the Lord made it clear to Brittany that once we got married, we were, we were going to move back to Aniston and, uh, and just be there. And it's amazing because uh, at that time, my parents had started listening to Bill Johnson and uh, some other people, and we'd never heard of Bill Johnson and we'd never heard of anything like that. And so it was, it was interesting that like, you know, God used something that he did in me to spark something in my family. And then we came back and he really used my mom and dad like he's done all my life. <laughs> he used them to kind of break us outside of even more boxes. And uh, we went to a conference. It was in uh, a Dothan. And I remember walking in to this place and hearing the worship playing 
and seeing these people worshiping and like, I was like, these are my people. Like I found my people. Like I didn't know there were other people out here like this, you know? And, um, and my parents, they had just been awakened into this. And so, you know, their church at that time, it was, it, there was so much grace and there was so much openness and, and everyone was so hungry. I remember, uh, we would be doing worship and then sometimes my dad would just fall out in the Holy Spirit just by himself. <laughs> he, would, he would just, he would be worshiping and then all of a sudden he would just fall over and everybody would just smile and look at each other like, okay, yeah, that's, it's normal. You know what I mean? It happens. Um, and and yet, yet again, there were more manifestations and more things that continued to offend me and continued to stretch me in my acceptance of God can do whatever he wants. And if he wants to touch someone a certain way, I'm not going to judge that. I'm going to let them, I'm going to let them receive that way because I might be that flopping fish on the floor in a, in a week, or I might be that person spinning in a circle and, you know, landing in the floor, you know, that could be me. Um, but God was so faithful. And then after a you know a, a period of time, my uh, there was a, a gentleman in our church that had a motorcycle accident, and um, he you know was put on life support, was unconscious, and he was in a coma. And they, uh, my parents had invited a gentleman named Paul Martini to come and to speak at our church. And they were like, hey, would you mind, you know, just saying a prayer for him? And Paul was like, we go to the hospital. He was at UAB here in Birmingham. And uh, so we got in the van. We drove to UAB. We prayed for Chris. And uh, Paul leaves. And literally, like, two weeks later, they gave him, like, a 20% chance to live. Two weeks later, he was out of the hospital. Like, through, I mean, just amazing, miraculous thing that happened. God did something so amazing. And so uh, about a year later, Chris is doing good. He's rec fully recovered, but he never got to meet Paul. And we heard that Paul Martini was going to be in Birmingham, and he was speaking at a church called Arise. And so we talked to our friend Chris, and we said, hey, Paul is going to be in Birmingham. Let's go. I want you to meet him. He wants to meet you. We had texted him, and he was like, I want to meet Chris. So we go to the meeting, and it's Arise. You know, that's how we, that's how we found Arise. That's how we came to know everyone here. And um, that night, something happened in Brittany and happened in myself. I was maybe a little bit slower to, to catch up to it because once again, we were feeling transition, and I was trying to get away from Alabama. I was thinking, we're going to go here. We're going to go there. And from that point forward, we could not drive into Birmingham without Brittany just weeping. Like every time we came, she wept. And, she, and, and I remember her consistently saying, I just miss my mom. I miss my dad. I just miss my, you know. And it's not that she hadn't missed them before. It was just this new level of like the Lord calling us to Birmingham. And I still was having trouble with it personally. And... Um, my mom and I had, uh, you know, signed up for this conference in North Carolina, and we we went. It was mother mother son trip, and I remember we we get on the interstate, 
and I saw, I don't know why I noticed it, but I saw this hawk and it like flew out, you know, it flew out from beside the trees and it flew out in front of us and then flew back. And I was like, oh, there's a hawk. Well, about 20 minutes later into this seven hour drive, my mom points out, is that a hawk over there? And I was like, yeah, that's a hawk. And just long story short, over the period of this drive, we see it, it is weird. It is so weird, the amount of hawks that we saw to the point where we were both asking like, what does that mean? You know, I'm looking up, of course, I'm like Googling spiritual meaning of hawk, biblical meaning of hawk. What do hawks do? What, you know, I'm trying to put this, you know, master thing in my head, like, what's the Lord saying? You know, because, you know, that's what we do. We try to figure it out on our own sometimes. And uh, I had this powerful encounter at that conference where Jesus, in his fierceness and his loving nature, made it very aware that we were supposed to be in Birmingham. And uh, I just felt Holy Spirit say, pay attention to hawks. Pay atten- I want you to pay attention to that. So we transitioned to Birmingham. I'm going to cut a lot of this short. But we move to Woodlawn, and we're there for about however long it was, six and a half, seven years. And uh, we're, we were kind of feeling at the beginning of this year, like it's, it's really time to move. It's time to transition to another place to live. And lo and behold, one day I opened the back door of our, our two-story house in Woodlawn, and there is a massive hawk just sitting, just sitting on our back fence, just sitting there. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's a hawk. It's a huge hawk. And it's like, you know, I'm not trying to make it more than it was, but it, it, it startled me. And it was, it, I was like, wow, you know, you, you feel a little bit of the fear of the Lord. So I'm like, Brittany, come look. And so for the next week or so, this hawk just comes and sits on our back fence, just stares at our house, just standing there. And um, so it was just kind of one of those things. I was like, okay. I don't know what that means, Lord. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I want, I want to do the right thing. I want, to, I want to, you know, be a part of your timing. I want to listen to you. And um, so we end up moving into a, a camper on my older sister's property, and we fell in love with that. We had a lot of fun with it. Kind of felt like we were on vacation. And um, just we're feeling like, we need, we feel like we need to do something. Like we feel like there's something that is available for us. We're not sure what to do next. Well, we're, we're over at Brittany's parents camper. They live in a camper too, they're camper buddies. And, um, we're just kind of sharing, Hey, we're, we're kind of open to, to buying a camper. You know, we're kind of open to whatever the Lord has for us. And Rodney calls the guy that they bought their camper from. He's like, that's crazy. Someone turned in a camper today. It's like 10 years old, but it's, it's in perfect condition. So we go look at the camper and, um, it's rare for us, but we, we kind of made a quick decision and we just kind of jumped on it. We both felt good. We felt peace, you know, and we, we bought the camper, did the paperwork, all of that. And, um, before we actually got to pick up the camper, there's just a few things that we had to get done and take care of. And, uh, so we're actually sitting in Pell City in, in my sister's camper, and Brittany's like, Eddie, 
oh my goodness, Eddie, can you, can you believe this? Did you look at the name of our camper, what this camp, the, the model of this camper is? And she said, it's a white hawk. I was like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. Oh, I, and I didn't even see that. I didn't, that, that's something that I missed whenever we were making that decision. But you know, after you make a decision and you're kind of like, man, I hope that was God. I hope I'm, you know, Lord, I hope I'm making the right decision. And that was like just a kiss of, from the Lord of just like, hey, I got your back. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I hope this didn't feel super sporadic, but I, feel, I felt led to just share the testimony of Holy Spirit's faithfulness in my life and in my family's life. And I feel like, I remember Nedra mentioning something in her message recently about he, she felt like God's calling the church to maturity. And I feel like that maturity, a big part of that maturity is increasing our yes to the Holy Spirit. And truly like quieting down and, and, and listening to him and being obedient to what he says. And so I've went, I've went a few minutes over. No, if you want to like just look up a pad, something soft. Um, I just, I feel like there's an invitation for a lot of things this morning. For, for one, I feel like, um, I feel like if you have felt like you've, you've been in a, a place where it just feels like things are dormant. You know what I mean? Like you feel, you, you, you believe the truth and you believe, you, you know that there is life and life abundant, but you don't really feel that. You're not experiencing, like you're not, you don't feel like you're experiencing that in the moment. I feel like, I feel like God just wants to, to touch you in a new way. I feel like he wants to refresh you. And um, I, I know that he'll do that. For those of you that just want to make a commitment to, to just say yes to Holy Spirit, yes to Holy Spirit, like, oh, he's so faithful. He's so faithful. I can promise you, your life will not look the way you expect it to, but you will be so blown away by how faithful he is. He does not let his children down. like ever <laughs> I feel like for others you've been tempted to believe the lie that something's been taken from you because it didn't turn out the way that you thought it would but God wants to give you the gift of sight so you can see that he's been there all along and that he actually saved you from yourself. He actually saved you. Mm. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna invite you. If you, if you just feel, if you feel conviction, if you feel the Lord on you, I just want to encourage you to come to the front. If you feel like you want to respond to any of those things, feel free to come, come to the front. And if. If you don't want to come to the front, that's okay. Because like, if, if God can baptize my mom in a KFC drive-thru, he can touch you in your seat. So <laughs> we're just going to let this pad play. I want to be up here. I'm going to pray and close this out. That you'll be, be free to leave, free to stay. Oh, Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you. We love your presence. 
Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your character. I thank you for your steadfastness. I thank you, Lord, that you never leave us. I thank you, Lord, that you are here in this room. And we just, we yield to you this morning. The best decision we could ever make. The best thing we could ever do is say yes to you. If you need peace this morning, just yield. Just say yes. If you're holding anything back from him, just yield. Just say yes. We yield this morning, Holy Spirit. We surrender all over again. We surrender anew. We just lay our hearts on the altar. And we trust you with our life. We trust you with our situations. We trust you with our future. You are a good father. You are a faithful father. You stay true to your word. Mm. We just honor your presence in this place, God.